0: I love how this church, you guys have responded so much and, and blessed so many people in our community. It's It really is humbling to be part of Crown Point Church, I'm telling you. I'm excited about today, and it has nothing to do with the Super Bowl, but it, there is a Super Bowl, right? Does anybody care about this? You know, when our team's not in it, it kind of makes it different, doesn't it? You kind of lose a little of the the luster. Johnny North's not in here, I don't think, is he? Because he's probably helping out in the kitchen right now. If he was, we would be hearing him cheer on, you know, the Patriots. Who's the other team, anyway? <laughs> I don't even know who plays for them. Honestly, I'm just kidding. You know, it's a, the Super Bowl is such a big deal. I mean, in, in many years here in the United States, it's the most watched thing on TV. And, you know, people watch it who don't even care about sports. They'll just be on, and maybe they're there because they want to see the commercials or, or some other part of the show or whatever. Uh, but... One, one thing I was thinking this last week as I was looking at some of, some of this coming up for this Super Bowl, I was really thinking about last year. Anybody remember last year? Yeah. Last year was one of those Super Bowls that, you know how sometimes like they do with our weather, they hype, 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 and then when it gets to it, it's not quite what they said. Remember the ice day that never happened? Remember that day? Just a few weeks ago. Well, even with this, I, I don't know if you remember, do you remember what the big drama was going to be at the Super Bowl? Does Anybody Remember? Everybody thought the Panthers were going to not just win, but super dominate. Why was that, Jackson? Yeah, uh, and because Panthers beat horses. Is that why? No, it had nothing to do with that, really. It was because of Cam Newton there on the right. Remember who he was? He was last year's MVP. I mean, outstanding player. It was amazing. And then they had the best record in football. But the big drama on the other side, what was the big drama? Manning, what about Manning? I mean, Manning is the you know the legend. He's, he's got all these records that nobody has come close to beating yet still, and, and maybe they will eventually, but I, even, I just pulled up a few of his records. I, I mean, they are amazing. I mean, he's got uh, the most NFL career passing touchdowns with 539, most passing yards ever in a career, seven, 71,000. Single season touchdown record, most passing yards, most wins, including playoffs, most games throwing for 300 plus yards. He actually has the record also for the most games with 200 plus. I mean, he's got all these records. That's just a third of his records. But remember, he's the aging superstar. So that's how they were building it up. You've got the new up and coming MVP. You've got the guy who's won MVP, I don't know how many times. I mean, a ton of times. Remember when Manning broke his neck? Anybody remember? I mean, this guy was amazing. And then here he is, he's, he, he got benched in the beginning of the season. Did you guys remember this? And then all of a sudden, he's in the Super Bowl, and then what happened? Kind of heard. just heard the, the room deflate. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking again about the Patriots here with the deflate thing, but what I'm talking about is this. It all kind of fell apart because in the end, the Broncos did win, but it had nothing to do with Manning. It had nothing to do with Manning. It was defense. What it had to do with is it came down to this. Football ultimately is a team sport. These guys don't play on the field by themselves. And yeah, they're standout players, and they're amazing, and, and they'll probably both be in the Hall of Fame, and they should be, and that's, that's all great. But the best quarterback in the world can't do it by himself. He doesn't throw to himself. I mean, you can be literally the best in the world, and if you have nobody to throw to, it does no good at all. If you don't have a defensive line or an offensive line, you're, as a quarterback, you're never even getting to get the throw. You're just going to be running all day long, and then the defense is going to beat you up, and you're going to be limping off the field. I mean, that's football. It's all about the team. But it doesn't end there, because there's so many people that go into a a win, especially a win like this, you know, a Super Bowl win that you never even see. And maybe you do notice it at times, but, you know, when you look at the game, if you do today, just notice the sidelines, I mean, it looks like there's an entire three or four times as many people on the sidelines as there are in the field. And every one of those people have a job. And some of their jobs, you know, are more or less important, but they all matter. You see people with headsets on and somebody's talking to them. Then there's people up in the booth and on and on and on. These, all these people have a part to play. Nobody does it alone. And one thing I do respect about Manning at the, you know, at the press conference at the end, he said this. He said, is it a great, it's a great sense of, and he retired that year. Went went out on a win, big, big deal. Says, it's a great sense of accomplishment for this team. We've been through a lot. We, this team has been unselfish, tough, resilient, and I think all that was on display tonight. Wasn't about him, it's about the team. The team is who won. It's teamwork. That's how it should be. One thing I want us to think about through this is the fact that, Teamwork illustrates that we can do more together than we can do individually. I love that, that Steve Sobey, the missionary, mentioned that. that. That as a one-man show, you did a lot. You were effective. But there's something about that teamwork when you're linking arms with other people who are united in the same goal, who all have different parts to play, and you can actually do exponentially. I love that word. Exponentially more. More. Here we are talking about math on a Sunday again. But we're multiplying what we could do. And you know what I look at? When I look at that kind of thing, I think about, and with Pastor Jeremy up here just a second ago, they have some great, uh, great, great vision, mission statement in their youth ministry. One of the things they say is that they're a, a family made of friends. You know what that means? That isolation isn't good in your family either. It's not good in your church. It's not good for you. And there's a lot of reasons people are isolated in our society today. I think, you know, of course... You know, our, our, our addiction to electronics isolates us to some degree, and I think it's the nature of humanity. As you get older, you, you, you're maybe less flexible, so it's more difficult for you to do things with other people who aren't exactly like you and think like you and on and on, but that's not how God intended it. He didn't intend for us to be superstars and play by ourselves, and he didn't intend for us to be alone in everything we do. Here at Crown Point Church, you know, our mission vision is to grow, connect, and go, And we don't intend anybody to do that alone. And we don't want you to ever get the idea that we think those of us who stand up here and and sing or play guitar or speak are the ones that do the ministry. Even as you heard uh, uh, Aaron Woods up here talking about all the ministries you are doing. Because as he was sat there, a couple times Nicole said, hey, did you do that? I'm like, no. (laughs) Did you do that? No. Did you do that? And I said, I got to say yes once. But it's not about me doing it. Me doing it is good, but that's not important as as it is for you to do it, you the church. For us, it's about us connecting and doing more together than we could ever, ever, ever do by ourselves. Uh, There's that quote by Peyton, but it's about teamwork, which is about connecting. For me, I look at the church and I think about how many great things have been done as a result of the church's influence in this world. You need to understand it's never been just one person doing that. It's everybody. Everybody. And it's not just the superstars, the one, ones who are in the front. It's every single person has a role to play. The thing about that connection is, not only is that how we're more effective, but it's a basic need of humanity. We all need to be connected. Not only did God not intend us for us to be isolated and alone, but we desperately need connection. We need people to know who we are, and we need to be known, and we need to have that interplay in our personality. It helps us. People thrive when they're around others that, that care for them and love them and encourage them and hold them accountable and spur, their on, spur them on to greater things. That's how we are created to be. That's how life was intended. There's something about it when you come to church and, and people know your name or they recognize you and they come and talk to you and you can tell that they're glad you're here and sad when you're not here and call you or text you or let you know that you were missed. I think of it like this. Maybe you've seen something like this before. I didn't even tell these guys I was going to do this. Can I have can I have like those first five students come up here on stage real quick? And you too, Kristen, because come on up, all five of you. Hurry, hurry, you got to hurry because we're in a hurry today. This is like the Super Bowl. Let's run out on the field. Come on, girls. And and <laughs> And Dakota. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Kristen, I do need you. I'm sorry. Come on, come on, come on. I want you guys to kind of Not huddle like a football huddle, but just stand here and talk like you're actually talking to each other. And you know each other and you care about each other. We're going to do something that's wrong in in drama, but I need your back to the crowd for a second here, too. So I just want you to be like this and talk. And then as well, okay, wow, they really do know each other. They got a little closer. Now, Grace, why don't you come up? But what I want to show you is they don't know Grace. And I want you guys not to include Grace. But I want you, Grace, to come up and illustrate how... Painful it is to be on the outside and not included. Doesn't that hurt just watching that? that, Does it hurt your heart? I mean, it's my daughter, so that hurts a little more, but it's sad, isn't it? Look how they keep looking at her, but they don't include her. They're not even talking to her. You know what's sad? Is this little illustration gets duplicated over and over and over, not only everywhere. I mean, even in this church, but everywhere in life. You guys can go sit down. I appreciate it. Man, you're good. Aren't they good? Give them a big hand. Sorry, Grace. I think she's crying. I'm not sure. When I see that kind of thing happening, it, it literally chokes me up. Because I know how desperately we need each other. And everybody does. And a lot of us have, have kind of built in these defense mechanisms. Where we're like, ah, I don't need that. I don't care anyway. I don't need to talk to them. And then because we're worried about that, a lot of times we won't put any effort into connecting because we're worried that that's what will happen, and we'll be on the outside. And that just breaks my heart, and it breaks the heart of God because that's not what he wants. It's not what he wants for anybody. It's not what he wants for this church. That's not how we intended life to be lived. The thing is, we need people to relate to, people who, who understand us people who we can get to know. And, and we need to know people who are different from us. That, that expands our horizons and creates in us a heart to understand people who have needs that are different than ours. Think about all the stages of life you've been through. And some of us have been through more stages than others. I understand that. But remember how it was when you were one of those, those teenagers? And how hard it was, might have been for you to go to middle school or to go to high school or to walk in that class or walk in the lunchroom. And you're wondering where you're going to sit. And is anybody going to talk to me today? And Will I have any friends? And then when you're in your 20s and you're, you're trying to work through, maybe you were at college and maybe it was tough and you only knew one other Christian. Or maybe you're in your 20s and you have kids, but your other friends don't. And then when you get with that one friend who also has kids, it's like you can't stop talking because you have shared experiences. You understand what it is to be up at night and changing diapers and money's tight because you're in the same place. I remember. I remember distinctly, I was on the roof. This is a work day we did at the church. I was on the roof of the gym with another guy. We're up there and we're talking, and we were talking about this issue. And he said, Well, we're kind of in a weird place, my wife and I, because we're like 10 years older than all of our kids' parents. So it feels like I'm parenting my kids' parents' friends. Is there any, this, this is literally what he said, is there anybody in church like us? Because I would really love to be. In a group with someone like that, or at least to sit and talk to them. So I could we could share some of these experiences because he was talking about how when he goes to the kids' school, he feels like I'm old enough not only to be my kids' parent, but the teacher's parent too. Stage of life. Then when you get to that point where maybe your kids are older, like like Nicole and my kids, is you know, we don't have to watch them every minute. It's a little different. And I can't I have to be honest, there's times where I do get a little smile when I hear about you know, the diapers and on and on. <laughs> like, man, I remember those days. Good for you. I'm glad you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is important? To find people with shared interests. Things that just, just interest you. I, I, I love, I love, there's so many people in our church that are such characters and interesting people. I mean, I've got somebody in the church, and uh, not every time I talk to him, but, but many times he wants to talk about giants. He's interested in that. You know what? Me too. I'm, I'm like that. I'm interested in everything, I think. I don't know. But there's some people who are, who are really really about like target shooting. Some people are really about apologetics. Some people, we actually have a group that meets occasionally, and they, they do what they call a crop. Does anybody know what that is? I didn't know either. The first time, I didn't know what it was. But it's where you get together and, and put together um, scrapbooking and stuff. You, if you're not into that, you should go check it out sometimes because it's fascinating, all the tools and special gadgets they have. And they create these memories that last forever for their families. But you know what? If you're not into that, or if you were into that, wouldn't it be nice to know somebody that was? And, and not only share that interest, but then grow that with them? I mean, that's the kind of connections that we need. And, and it goes so much further than that. There is a power in groups getting together. And God knew that. That's literally what the early church was. And maybe you already know this, but there were no buildings like this in the church in the beginning. The church was the people, and they came together wherever they could. They would meet for prayer in the temple, but then they would go back to houses because they didn't have any buildings. And then ultimately, a few years later, the church was under persecution, and they were hiding in houses. They didn't have buildings like this for the next 200 years. Sometimes we think this is the church, and all the growth and all the maturity and everything we see in the New Testament happened in a room like this, and it didn't. It didn't. It happened in your living room. That's where it happened. Let's let's take a picture, just a look at this in Acts chapter two. It says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. That sounds like church, doesn't it? Doesn't it? We had donuts, I guess. That was okay. And then a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and and wonders. You know what I see there? (laughs) What I see there is that the early church was a bunch of small groups. And this church, you know, years ago, started a small group ministry. And some of you have been in that forever. I've talked to some of you in these last few weeks that have been doing small groups at this church for like 20 years. And I know that this church had different names for it. You know, some churches you might go to might call it a cell ministry kind of playing off the idea of a body, and we're made up of cells, and this is a cell. And, and uh, this church, we called them originally, I think, home teams, right? And for the last few years, we've been calling them uh, life groups. What we're going to do starting today is we're going to actually change that name to fit a little bit closer to our mission vision. And because Connect is, you know, Grow, Connect, Go is who we are. And I want those groups to be very descriptive, the name about what they do. We're going to be calling them Connect Groups where you can actually be there and connect. Real quickly, connect groups are a powerful way to grow spiritually. Can, can you grow spiritually and not be in a group? Sure you can. You can. You can. You, can, you could probably listen to way better preachers any time of day on the internet. You can do all that. You can come to church here and worship together and be encouraged or challenged by a sermon and come to the altar, and you can meet with God that way, and that's a powerful thing. But it's a whole nother level when you take responsibility for your personal growth and put it into a connect group and, and help yourself grow that way in community with other believers. Let me actually clarify for a minute. Actually, connect groups are a powerful way to grow spiritually if, if they're done right. Here's what I mean by that. There's a lot of elements you can put into a group like that that are really healthy. Some of the things that we need to do in those groups, there needs to be Bible study. Fellowship seems like a natural. You know, ministry together. I love when the groups in our church are out doing ministry. So cool when I hear about one of our groups that maybe has gone to, uh, to prepare meals for Ronald McDonald House or, or, or go to Hope City and, and minister there on behalf of Crown Point Church, but as a group. Those are awesome stories. Outreach. Worship together, spiritual gifts in operation. All of that should be happening, and it's all played out in this this verse. It says, all the believers met together in one place and then shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. You know what I see there? In these connect groups, that's a great place for needs to be met. It's interesting because in those groups, people know your needs more clearly and then because you're connected, they have a, a natural pull to help you who they know. I love that. It's so easy to be anonymous in a church even this size where you can walk in and walk out. And I know some people want that. But others who desperately want to be known and to know people need this opportunity. The next couple verses say they worship together at the temple each day. Then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. I love that. It's a great way to grow relationally. You can know people coming to church here, and some of you have experienced this where you know the people that sit right around you. And, and if we could be really honest and, and vulnerable for a minute, you really only know them this much, don't you? Because you see when they come, and you, you kind of see what they're wearing that day, and maybe if they brought somebody, and you might have on it like a two-minute conversation. But you don't really know them. I mean, you just don't. You're not going to know them in a way that God intended unless you're in a separate group connecting with them outside of church. You know, I, I was joking around with somebody. This, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll have quick conversations all over this church, but I don't know ya. I want to know you, but I can't know you in that context. It doesn't, it just, it's not enough. We need to be known and to know each other. There's needs that can be met. Let's, let's move on. Let's, here's something. This verse always strikes at my heart. It says, dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path, remembering that next time it might be one of us who's in the wrong. You know what I see here? Accountability. How many like Accountability five of us, right? Right? We don't like that. I mean, can you imagine if, if I heard something and you got a call, Pastor Dennis here, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Vicki Riley, I heard you were doing this and I need to correct you on this. It'd be weird, right? But if you are in a, in a connect group with somebody and doing life together together every other week and, and you were working together and they knew you and you knew them, it'd be a little different then. If I were to say, Jeremy, I, I I got a question about this. I'm worried about this. I've, I've noticed this pattern in your life. Or, or, man, I've missed you the last few weeks. Is everything okay? That's more authentic and more real, and you would receive it better. That's, that's how it should work. Let's, let's look at this verse in Hebrews. Let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do. And, and when you read that, I know what you think. It's what I think, and that when you think about this room. They didn't have church like this when that was written. It meant in your house. And as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that, that the day of his coming back is drawing near. What I see there is, you might have missed it in there, but it's talking about encouragement. We're supposed to encourage each other. That should be a hallmark of our relationship with one another, and that's most often done in those kind of groups. In 1 Corinthians, I love this verse too. Now each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Let me just ask you. Do you think the Spirit was manifest when they met for prayer at the temple? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That wasn't the context. The context was actually in their homes when they were meeting together. And I know for some of us, that might seem really awkward because you're like, really? We would maybe have 12 of us sitting around and somebody might might prophesy or have a word from God? Yeah. Yeah. And actually... You would know who that person is better than, than sitting in a larger crowd, and you would probably receive it better. Then there would be accountability added to that. That's the context of that verse. What else I like about that is that everybody has a ministry to play. Yeah, I, I love, if we could expand that out, I think about how much ministry we could be doing together. We could really connect for ministry in ways that go beyond because you're going to have somebody in your group who really has a passion for, for maybe feeding the homeless and maybe somebody else who has a passion for, for, you know, taking snacks to the school like we were talking about doing at Valley View. I mean, those teachers need our support and they need to know that somebody cares about them and appreciates what they do every day. It's so important. Think about all the things that we could be doing together. I think about the convalescent homes and I don't know if you ever visit any of those, but I know every time I walk into one of those to visit somebody, it breaks my heart walking by people sitting in a wheelchair and you wonder, has anybody talked to you today or this week or in a month? Think about hospital calls and i was I was talking with Warren just a little bit before church, and I remember it, it, it's been a year ago or so where he had some he had just a, a strange thing go on in his body. He ended up in the hospital. And, and uh, I remember one day when I went to visit him, two other, two other people from our, our men's Iron Men group had already been there. And I just, I just thrilled my heart to think that because of his connection in that group, guys knew him and they took time out of their day to get there to visit him. It probably wasn't even convenient. You think about that? I mean, they had to drive there and get there, but they did it because they knew him and they cared about him. The last part of that section in Acts says, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Was it only on Sundays the Lord added? It wasn't, was it? You know what I love about this? There are people who probably never come into this building. At least not first. Because they may have had issues with the, the church or a church or maybe it just seems strange to them, it's never been part of their life. But guess what? They might come over if you were to say, Hey, I've got some friends of mine from church coming over. We're going to have dinner together and just kind of look at the Bible. And it might be something you'd be interested in, or you might have a question about. Or, or maybe for you, it's, it's, uh, maybe it's somebody who you know is interested in target shooting. And we've got a group here who's going to go, uh, you know, maybe they're going to go over to target time and shoot. And they might do that. And then while they're there, they're going to meet a guy who they couldn't believe is a Christian because they have this idea of what a Christian is and he breaks that mold. And they may be open to the gospel for the very first time. Because of what you do. Blows my mind how God could use every single one of us. Because every one of you walk in a world that the rest of us don't. Every one of you know people that none of the rest of us know. Every one of you are known by others who desperately need the salvation that we enjoy and celebrate and sing about on a Sunday. And they may not come here to hear about it, but they might come to your house to hear about it and that's what's different about it. So let me let me jump to the right just right to the end here and talk about this. Here's what I'm challenging us to do as a church. There are a lot of people here involved right now already in our connect groups. And we have quite a few. There's a list out on the on the welcome desk. But what I want to see us do is really expand that. But for that to happen, we need we need some of you to step up and become leaders of those groups. And for some of you might think, well, that's not me. That's too much work. I I can't do that. I'm not really the leader type. But I think with some training, you could do that. We're doing a training in two weeks, right after church here on a Sunday. Meal be provided. We just need you to sign up in advance. And you could come to that even if you're curious. No no, uh, obligation. Like you could come to that that day, go through the training, and then say, Pastor Dennis, I don't think I can do it. And I'd say, okay. Some people might want to host. Some people might want to do both, lead and host. I don't know. Some of you just feel like you want to be part of something like this, and you're not even sure where you would fit or what you might want to do. Well, we have some ways to help you with that, actually, because what we'd like to do is we have some groups that have been meeting for years and years and years. Some of them are established, and they've been doing this for a long time, and those groups will keep going. What we'd like to do is add some groups that, that have, some of them may have a beginning and an ending time, so you can just check it out for six weeks, maybe do a study, maybe eight weeks, something like that. Maybe you have an interest area. Maybe you're into prophecy, and that's something we don't preach about a ton, but you're fascinated by it, and there might be five or six other people who really want to study that together. And so what we want to do is, if you were to go to, uh, this, is, uh, this is actually our uh, YouVersion Bible app that we use. I don't know how many use YouVersion. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, I put the notes right on YouVersion, so you can see those are the notes from today's sermon. You can see how it started off, we are talking about football, and then if you were to scroll through all that, you would see the rest of this sermon right there, and it might be something that in your group, you might just go over the sermons from the past. This is a, a service that the church has a, a, a subscription to, this is an amazing, amazing tool, because there are literally hundreds of Bible studies available to you in video form. Some of them have like a short video, then, a, then you can have a discussion. Some of them are a little longer. They have everything. I can't even go through all this list. It's so extensive. It's incredible. I and mean, they have small groups, men's, women's, youth, children. There's a children's list of things. This is all free to you. It's a service we pay for to make it available to you as a leader so that you could be part of what we're trying to do here at the church. So again, maybe you've been sitting here and you're thinking, oh, okay, I get the connection part. I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. I want to challenge you to just kind of check some of this out. Out on the lobby, on, on the information desk, there's a form there. You could fill in if, if you maybe want to sign up to help maybe be a leader or be part of a group, or if there's a certain interest area, maybe something I've mentioned or something I didn't think of that you might be interested in, be something like that. We have other connect groups, though. For instance, in, a, in about a month, well, Nicole, pastor's wife here, she's got uh, the Bible study heart to heart is coming up. Let me just show you what they're going to be. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that's not Nicole or heart to heart. What this is, is our website, because you can also check out what's going on, on the website with the different connect groups. So if you were to click that tab up there on the kind of the middle center right up there, it says connect groups. See right there. Then there'll be a list of all those groups there. But here's, here's a promo about the upcoming Heart to Heart.
1: I don't like rules. I never have. Rules like, don't play with fire, or lessons like, play with fire, you'll get burned. It sounds like a dare, not like something I want to obey. For the first time, you have the permission to break the rules. I want you to play with fire. This study is about unleashing you, individually or as a community of women, to play with fire. I know it sounds rebellious or dangerous, because it is. Listen, the entire gospel goes against the rules. As Jesus was countercultural in his time, I want us to be countercultural in our time. I want to walk away from this study ready to play with fire, not shrinking back in fear. In this study, I want us to learn from the Israelites on their desert journey that God longs for us to cry out to him to surrender to him, to hold on to his promises that he's given us, to surround ourselves with community, and to know that he's given us the Holy Spirit as a guide. Maybe you're walking through a hard season in life, a difficult marriage, a loss of a job, a transition season. This is not the time to be fearful. This is the time for you to be faithful. And I want to do this journey with you. God invited the Israelites to play with fire. He rescued them from captivity, refined them on the journey, and unleashed them to turn the world upside down. He did this with the Israelites of the Old Testament, the disciples in the New Testament, and now he's inviting us to set the world ablaze. Join me for five weeks of playing with fire.
0: So, the heart to heart study that is on Friday mornings, and it's right here in the crown rooms, open to all ladies. It's a great thing. Uh, we have a ladies' life group. W- Renee, would you just wave real quick? Renee is right over here, and you can see in their schedule. And then uh, we do Ironman second and fourth, but we probably won't meet this week because it's Valentine's Day. Might be a bad thing. And then we have a new life group starting. Um, Mike, would you just stand? You might need to stand so people can see you from all over. His is starting. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was literal. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're going to promo more of these life groups in the next couple weeks so that you see more about what's going on. But I wanted to pique your interest about these today. And you may be wondering, how do I do this? Well, here's another way that you can sign up. We have a link. It was, it's on our church Facebook, this link. And then uh, it's in the YouVersion Bible app there if you're using that app today. And in this link directly, you can not only sign up for the training, but you can give us some options of things that you might be interested in. If you think that you want to just be a part and you want to join a group, you can let us know that way. But as we pull this to a close, I'd like you just to shut your eyes for a minute. We've talked a lot about connecting today. And even as I was saying those things and we did that illustration with the youth and, and had, had one of the youth step outside, I really did get choked up because I've seen that too many times in church, too many times where a person feels like they don't fit or they don't belong or maybe we as the church haven't even noticed. And I know that that can hurt people deeply in their heart. And that is not the heart of God and that's not the heart of, of, of this church. If that's happened to you, I just want to say I'm sorry, and that's not how it should be. I also want to say this, that we want to fix that and see you connect. With everybody's eyes closed and their head bowed, and maybe you've been sitting here today and you've been thinking, I, I want to be part of something. I, I need to be part of something. I need to grow. I, I need that in my life. And you're not sure right now how that's going to happen or if, if what group you want be a part of, or any of that. But you, you know you need that. Would you just raise your hand for a sec? See those hands, and I appreciate your heart. I want to pray with us today. What I'm going to pray for is that God would put it on your heart, maybe some of you, to lead. One thing I've been impressed with in this church is the amount of quality leadership, quality people. But I know leadership can get tiring, and I know a lot of people who go to the, the Connect groups we already have are leaders in a lot of other areas in the church. They're busy and tired. We need people to step up and lead, and maybe God is dealing with you about that. I'm just going to pray for you as we dismiss today, and I want to encourage you to take take advantage of the fundraising lunch for Nicaragua. Take the time to get to know Kim and Steve and their kids, and, and uh, they're going to be out there in the gym as well, so um, let's pray right now. Father, I come before you and... I just sense and feel your heart for our people here today and the, the fact that every one of us needs to be connected. God, I pray you help us with that. Help us to do a better job of that, a better job of including people and helping them find each other and, and helping others find you. God, I pray that you would help those who maybe you are calling to lead to really draw them to that and, and put it in their heart and don't let them get away from it, I pray. God, I pray that you would help us as a church as we as we organize and put this ministry together, that you would help us to reach more and more people for your name's sake. For those who have been wounded at hurt, Lord God, I just pray a healing over their hearts. I pray that you would help them as they maybe in turn take that, that hurt and turn it around and reach out to others who may be in the same place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you today. Why don't you stand together and as you're heading out today, hug a neck or two, and God bless you.